Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Lindsay Yordake, the Yale Diving Coach. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. So first of all, thanks for coming on, Lindsay. Huge honor. You represent Yale. That's one of our most pre- prestigious universities in the United States. Um, if you could give us just a brief history on your diving as an athlete, whether it was from age group on up and then, um, you know, where you ended up at college. Yeah. So I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, which is where IU is. I was a gymnast first for like seven years and then hit middle school and all my friends were being social, but I was at the gym for four hours a day. And I was like, this is not going to work out. Um, so I quit that. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. So anyway, so I had nothing to do and saw an ad in the newspaper for diving and I went to try it out. My husband is out of town. You're okay. Um, Anyway, um, so I tried out diving in middle school and I was not great at first. Like I had some spatial awareness and I learned pretty quickly, but comparatively to other people my age, I was not good. But then um, a couple years years later a light switch and I really could actually do this well and it went on from there I won two junior national titles on three meter um I then went to Indiana so stayed in my hometown but stayed there because it's one of the best um and I my freshman year I got fourth on platform at NCAAs and I finaled at Olympic trials um, that summer in 2004. So, um, yeah, I, I did. Okay. I went to NCAAs three times and trials twice. So that's awesome. Okay. So talk about the transition a little bit more from gymnastics to diving. I coach high school and that is kind of, you know, I don't get to recruit any kids, but if, if I have, if I see any athletes on the local gymnastics team, I like to go to their meets. I just say, Hey, I'm, I'm the diving coach. There's a lot of uh, skills and a lot of things that translate. Talk to me about that for you. Um, I mean, it was pretty natural. I didn't have any weird, like ingrained gymnastics, bad habits, like throwing the head back. Like I, I was able to switch into the right head position for diving pretty easily. Um, it, I mean, the gymnastics background really helped me with twisters and, um, what, I mean, bouncing high was difficult to do. Like, you know, the gymnastics, they, they're low and they tumble hard and fast and long. So getting the rhythm of the hurdle was a little bit tricky, but, um, I figured out eventually, and, um, I feel like I was strong ish. So getting a good lineup was, I, I figured that out pretty quickly also. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, you kind of – it must have been a heck of a light switch to go off to win two junior national titles and to go on to two Olympics. I guess, like, do, can you, like, almost pinpoint that moment? Like, what helped you kind of switch that and be like, oh. Yeah, and it was it was strange. So I feel like all of my coaches have been, like, diving royalty. So I started with Adam Soldati. Um, <laughs> and Kimiko. So they were my first coaches. And then they moved to Texas when Kimiko went down to train with Kenny Armstrong. So between Adam and my next coach, who was Jason Bauman, um, it was just, it was college divers who would just jump in when they could. So I didn't have a consistent coach for a good four or five months or so. Um, And I think during that time, I went from 
being the kid who needed the coach to push me to do things to really thinking like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it for myself because I don't have that consistency. So that mindset switch really helped me out. And then at, like at state meet that year, I got third and I was like, oh, wow, I, I could do this. And it just, oh this, it was kind of a snowball. I, I just had a moment of a light switch because we interviewed Jason previously and he talked about this diver, Lindsay, who went on to win two junior national titles. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like he used your maiden name at the time. And I'm like, I'm so stupid. Like we're interviewing who he talked about. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So Lindsay, a little bit more at IU, you mentioned, you know, your coach's kind of royalty. If I think about that word royalty in the diving sport, you, I think you nailed it. It's, it's Adam and it's uh, Drew. And then, you know, throw in Matt Scoggins from Texas. How do you take what they have taught you into, into Yale? And, and what do you, what do you go from there? So actually my college coach was, um, Dr. Jeff Huber. Who oh, yes. He's before Drew. So I was pre Drew Johansson, but, um, he was amazing too. He, um, I learned so much from him. He just drilled and drilled and drilled all the basics and the bouncing and the do this skill over and over and watch yourself on the TiVo and slow-mo it every single time until your arms get at the exact right point. And why is this happening and what is going on here? So I feel like I have such a fine tuned eye from spending all those hours just drilling and being in front of the TiVo and really understanding where things are supposed to be and when and why things are happening. So that's really benefited me um, and given me a lot of coaching confidence for sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, when you dove, what was your favorite dive? Um, throughout just back twister, like back to half twister on three meter. I knew I could hit it every single time. So I would always end with it and know that I could, catch up or be as high as I could possibly get. Um, but later in my career is gainers, gainer two and a half on Twitter, probably pretty good back entry. So that one, I, I like to, to get a lot of cheers on that one. I would get yeah. some friends here and there. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, we kind of, we've had an exciting couple of weeks here with Olympic trials and everything. And, and something Aaron and I keep talking about is, the sport of diving as it's progressing and, you know, you being a super successful woman athlete and now an excess successful woman's coach, you know, how have you seen diving kind of progress throughout your time as an athlete and now as a coach, especially maybe more specifically on the women's side? Um, I mean, while I was diving, that was like the big transition from tuck to pike dives on the springboard, especially, and like on platform from two and a half to three and a half. And, that's one of the reasons why I didn't place as high as I probably wanted to at Olympic trials, because I was still doing the two and a half. Um, and so many of the girls were doing some three and a half. Um, I, it's been amazing to watch, like even at the Ivy league, the level of diving men's and women's has skyrocketed since I was an athlete. Like I came in two years ago, I started and I came in thinking, Oh, I have an amazing team. Like this is going to be so easy. And it, the competition was so deep. Everyone's doing like two and a half all directions. All the men are doing 
pike two and a half and some three and a half gainers like it's the level has gotten a lot higher I feel like across the collegiate platform um yeah what do you you'll 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 have to forgive me Lindsay does uh does the Ivy League have platform uh where where I'm from in Minnesota we have the University of Minnesota obviously they have platform but all the other division one schools in the area none of them have it yeah, no, no, Yale doesn't do it. And the only Ivy League that has a full platform is Princeton. I misspoke when I said platform. I meant like across the board, but um, that's okay. Yeah, platform. I feel like I'm a little bit like not to talk badly about anybody and their diving, but I feel like the depth of the p- women's platform has dropped a little bit. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. I mean, I would totally agree. If, if we're just thinking about Olympic trials that just happened, the synchro event only had two teams. So that was a little, I mean, I don't want to use the word disheartening, but you know, you expect to see four or five teams to, to be in there all the time. So yeah. Keith, what do you think? Yeah. You know, um, that's kind of, we talked about it and I, I felt like, you know, whether it was 2008, 2012, I felt like there was, more storylines on women's 10 meter and and women's maybe Um, I felt like this year on springboard, there was a lot of storylines, but I didn't really know those storylines on 10 meter. And like, even in, in 2008, like Haley Chumashu, like she was so good. She was so young. Laura Wilkinson was still a great diver. I mean, she's still a great diver, but I felt like this year, a lot of the storylines still revolved around Laura Wilkinson coming back. And um, you know, I think Delaney Schnell, she was awesome. And I think there was those four women at the top and then it kind of looked like there was, there was a gap and you know, whether that was, they missed dives for whatever reason, I think on the springboard, it's been awesome to see some of the women around the world doing double outs and reverse three and a half. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing to watch the progress, but I, I'm wondering if like, I wonder if we don't have as much depth now because I wonder if it's because of the, um, the specialization, like more divers now, I feel like are only training springboard or only training platform. And I, I'm worried that just more people are not picking platform. And like when I was a diver, you did everything like yeah. always to your, the best of your ability, trained everything and great if you made it to the top of one event, but, uh, and I don't, I don't know what other college coaches are doing, yeah. but I'm, I hope that they're still doing that, but I, I'm worried that maybe they're not. That's a, that's a fair point. I mean, I even think about the men's meet, you know, Jordan Wendell pulled out of men's three meter to focus on tower uh, during the Olympic trials. And then, you know, only I, I could be miss misspeaking here, but I think only Tyler Downs was the one who did both and, and competed all the way through, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know, I came from a place where every time you go to a camp, every time you go to one of these big places, you're doing it all. Even if I had zero tower experience, you're getting up there and he's, you know, your coach says, all right, we're going to reverse. (laughs) Same. Like it wasn't even a thought in my head. I just did everything. And Yeah. yeah, you start off on five meter with lineups in every direction and it just, you get used to it. Yeah, it's um, so so every summer, except for this past summer because of COVID, I've been fortunate to go help at Duke Diving Camp with Lindsay Osposto. And um, a couple years ago, Katie Hazel, Hazelton was still there. 
Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the things I really took away. Like I was my first year, the first week I was a fly on the wall. I sat behind Nunzio. I, I think I was like a lost puppy just behind him the whole time and just notes. Like I have this notepad that I think there's like a hole in it from burning it and just writing so much. But every kid in that club, it's like you do lineups on tower, like you do it. And like, maybe you reach a point where whether there's an injury or whatever, like, but for the most part, everyone in that club does tower. Everybody in that club does their three meter, their one meter. And it's so like, it's like you said, like with, with Dr. Huber, like basics, you know, like I'm talking to Nunzio and he's like, I pull everybody in belts every day, like 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Like, he's like, that's one of the most beneficial skills that we have. He's like, but everybody does everything. And it's so uh, foreign to me coming from the pit aquatics club at the time. Um, Doe and Julian were amazing, but they never made me do tower. It was like, Hey, do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, no, I really don't want to go up you know, to 15, 20, 30 feet and fall. Like that doesn't seem enjoyable, but it, it, it was one of those things that now you see Katie at pit and everyone's doing tower. And I think that it's, it's nice to see that. And it's like such a good lesson, right? Like you do something that you're scared of and you survive, (laughs) but let's keep trying that. And like, I feel like it makes better divers when they're pushed a little bit more. Right. Like, yeah. And the other thing, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go first. Well, I was just going to new topic, but not really lineups. I feel like our lineups at the highest levels are not quite what I would expect. Um, and I wonder if that's just less platform also, like you're just oh, not yeah. used to that really tight line. And how yeah. I think you, I think you're onto something there. When I was watching uh, the world cup just a, a few months ago, that was something the announcers were even saying is that, you know, sometimes the United States just doesn't put the emphasis on the vols. Specifically, it was a, it was a synchro contest. So you get your two dives that are 2.0. And it was the conversation from both the men's perspective and the women's perspective of, hey, the Germany team and the Chinese team, this is where they crush us. Like they're, they're going to get nine and a half every time and you don't have to think about it. Whereas if we hit it, we're going to get an eight and a half or a nine. So that's interesting. You, you say that. Yeah. And I like, I hate to go old school because judging now is like those five pieces of the dive and you have to judge every single one, but the lineup is the last thing everyone sees. And to me, it's crazy that we don't try to do better at those. Like that. <laughs> I focus on lineup so much as a coach. I just, I think it's yeah. so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something we do every every day with all my lessons. Everybody does a minimum. I mean, every now and then if we're short on time, we'll do two of each at the end, but everybody does front lineups, back lineups. Like we do everything we can. And it's so interesting how you can see kids like you can, it's so easy to see. It's like, uh, their lineups are getting better because now instead of me explaining to a kid that doesn't do lineups, Oh, do front one and a half pike, come around, put a lineup on. It's like, well, now my kids, it's like, Hey, do a front somersault and do a front lineup pike. And it's like, oh, that's what I have to do. And it's like, yeah. And then you see when it clicks, it's it's awesome to see. But I actually have a question. Since you were an elite female diver, why do women only do five dives at the FINA level and for international competition? Huh. That's a good question. I don't have an answer for that. I have no idea. I just, we've been wondering that. It's like why like i mean there's plenty of women out there that can probably beat a lot of men in the world and whether it's five dives or six dives and i'm just very curious as to why that's a thing that literally never crossed my mind but maybe it's just like an old sexist rule (laughs) yep that's what i'm thinking 
We got to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I had one. You were talking a lot about lineups, and and I hope you debunk or prove my theory. I tell my my high school athletes, I, I say, you know, we focus on lineups, but in my opinion, you know, this is where I hope you either prove me right or we're way wrong. Is it easier to absolutely rip a dive the higher you go, or is it not so much? Is one meter the, the spot to get your cleanest? Um, I do feel like the higher you you have that impact. And as long as you're tight, like you're going to get a rip. I feel like one meter, you just have to go in clean. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I tell them too. And, and the speed at what you come down in the air, when you're pike saving hard underwater for a forward or an inward or whatever it might be, it's easy to pike save too early on one meter. And then you're not doing yourself any good. Whereas the higher you go, it's almost too, it happens too fast to pike save too early. If I'm explaining that correctly. Yeah. I mean, it's such a like sensitive timing, I feel like. And I, I feel like I have such like a slow motion way in my head to unpack a lineup. And I probably teach it differently than most people that I know of really. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, that pike save is absolutely really important, but I think the most important part is just like bracing yourself right before you hit the water and getting that little like up swim before anything else happens. But what you're doing when you do all of that is so important. Like I see so much head ducking or like relaxing right before you hit the water and it's just going to ruin the whole thing. It is. So go into a little more detail. You say you might, uh, you might coach an entry a little differently <laughs> than most expand on that. Well, so I am probably still too old school on the back lineups. I've had arguments with a lot of not arguments, but like my opinion differs from a lot of coaches these days about how to do a correct back lineup. But I feel like the momentum stops after you kick out and look back. Like to me, that's just physics, but, and then keep looking once you hit the water and swim. And that's how you're going to get that really good body line going through the water smooth. So many people these days kind of look back, but don't really, cause they're worried about moving the shoulders, but that's just like training your neck to relax. I feel like in order to do it properly. And then so many people shift back into neutral. Yes. And you, it, I see everyone kick over. I'd like I have seen that a ton lately, a ton where you're exactly right. They'll, they'll look, they'll see the water and then they bring their head back into more of a neutral position. Yeah. And like, I, I know if other coaches are hearing me talk about this, they're going <laughs> to, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it, but that's just my opinion. And that's how I coach it. And that's how I did it. And I was good at it. And I just like, I just know what works, but other people have valid points too. But yeah, to me, to me, it's just training your muscles, how to relax, which ones to relax and which ones to be tight at the right time. Like you don't have to move your whole body to look back. You can just let your neck relax and like stop the dive there. And that's when you pull through tight. Yeah. You know, it's so neat hearing you I appreciate the fact that like you're being super honest and you're like, Hey, it might make some people mad or people disagree. Aaron and I talked about that. Um, I went to a coaching clinic. It was through USA diving. It was at Ohio state. And Justin, the Ohio state coach was giving a, a presentation on 
uh, he talks about everybody kicks to a different spot to rip. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you do a lineup, like, oh, maybe you kick at 10 o'clock on a clock and you look back and, and they can rip from there. You know, you see um, the tower diver from Germany. He like kicks straight up on his backs and he lays back and he smokes it. And I was listening. It was actually Dave McCown from UND. And they were kind of going back and forth, disagreeing. And, and Justin's like, we don't necessarily always teach a kick, look, reach. We teach kick to your spot, look back and rip. And Dave was like, well, you still have to do a kick, look, reach, right? And he's like, yeah, but it was just neat because we all have our own way of teaching yeah. it. And not necessarily one's right or wrong. Like Ohio State has had amazing success under Justin. Right. And, yeah. and it's like everybody teaches it different. It's like as long as it works for your athletes and, and it's like, my view and Aaron's view and why we started this is like, I want to just keep building that Rolodex of like, okay, like let's try this Lindsay's way today and see how it works. And it's like, maybe it works. And it's like, Hey, that's how I'm teaching back lineups the rest of my career. Cause it's getting my kids to rip. So. Yeah. And like, I know it works for me and like, it makes sense in my head. So I'm not saying anybody else is wrong necessarily. I do think the putting your head back to neutral on your back lineup, I think that's wrong. Cause I see everything. Yeah. Going but yep. yeah, everyone has a different way of explaining things. Everyone has different techniques, but honestly, I feel like most people get to the same place, right? It's just different words, but it's, it is fun to debate as coaches, but so like I was at a training camp with Kenny Armstrong and several other big names. And we just, I don't have a little discussion about back actions because a lot of people like old school is big circle slam. Right. But then at that point, a lot of people were starting to just like reach and come back forward, like throw mm-hmm. back into it. So that was a big debate at that point too. So, I mean, my opinion is to kind of do like a halfway circle, like kind of hit both best of both worlds, which seems yeah. to work pretty well, but yeah. So that's, everyone- that's interesting. You bring that up. We talked about that exact thing with Jason Bauman and he yeah. brought up, he, he brought up He Chong in the way he used to get into his reverse three and a half. It was the fastest in the world. But if you watched his arms detailed, it almost looks like he throws forward. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he gets so far back and then he snaps so hard that when his arms finally catch his legs, it looked like they were going forward. Yeah. And I think that like everyone is different. Every coach sees different things and every athlete has a different body, right? Like no one's muscles work exactly the same way. No one sees the same things when they're spotting. So I do believe a lot of it is coaching to the athlete, not necessarily like this is the technique and this is what should work. And you have to do this one blueprint. So, right. So So I have a question for you. How, uh, how did you end up at Yale? Um, so when I was at IU, I studied art history, which I was very interested in, but gave me no direction when I was done. <laughs> um, so I, I had always kind of wanted to move to New York City, and I found a grad school program there for art business, um, which was really interesting. And I got an, a job at a gallery on Madison Avenue, and it, was, it sounded really cool, but it was just not a great situation. It was just like a rich guy chain smoking in the office, asking me to threaten to sue people on the phone all day long. Um, so that was not fun. And I decided to move on and just look for something in the meantime. And I found this coaching job in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I was like, oh, great. I can coach until I find something else. And then I, <laughs> I stopped it. And like for a while, it was kind of like a transition job in my head. And then 
I settled in and I'm so happy I did. So I was in Greenwich, Connecticut for nine years, met my husband. He's the water polo coach there. Um, we had two kids. And then, so my kids are six and four. And when my older one, Teddy was like nearing school age, I had this like moment of panic. Like I cannot coach all night long every night. And my son is in school all day and I will never see him. So, and then the Yale job opened up, which was just an hour up the road. And it was just like, it was like the perfect timing. That's awesome. So, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, what is that like transitioning from like the junior world or, or the high school level and club level to being, I mean, like Aaron's not exaggerating. Oh, it is one of the most prestigious universities in, in America and in the world. You know, what is that like? Um, it wasn't a huge, like, I, I love the coaching part. The, the coaching part is amazing. I get to work with just like a handful of athletes every day, several hours a day, you get to know them so well, like they feel like my second family. Um, so that part I love, um, the hard part for me, because I'm like kind of introverted, more shy, I is the recruiting part. So that's been a big lesson for me. I've gotten a little better about it since I started, but that part was terrifying. And like really one of the reasons why I never looked for a collegiate position before, because I was scared of like the other part of the job. But Oh my goodness. I, we, I mean, I, we met you 30 minutes ago and I'm like, I would want to die for you. Like, you're just so <laughs> nice. Like I, I appreciate the fact that you're straightforward and honest, like, Hey, that I think that's wrong. Like do it this way. And it's like, it, it it's funny that you say you're introverted. Cause it strikes me more like when it comes to diving, you're so confident with like, this is how I'm coaching it. Yeah. And this is how we need to do it. And it's, it's so mm -hmm. ironic to me. Um, but no, I, I think I look at it, you know, you kind of mentioned your kids, you mentioned your husband. Um, uh, it's something I struggle with, you know, my fiance, she's like, I wish you were home more. Um, how do you handle your work life and home life balance? It's not easy, but at the same time, my husband is a coach too. So we, we, we understand that we're going to be traveling on occasion and we have crazy schedules that are always fluctuating. And it's just kind of like you figure out how to manage it. Like you have to be kind of spur of the moment. Sometimes you have to problem solve at the last minute, um, especially kids and babysitters and managing everyone's schedules. But it's the good part for me about Yale is that I have all day to coach while my kids are at school. So I get to go home at night and be with my kids and make sure they're learning and being good little people and not letting a babysitter grace them at home at night. Um, and same with my husband, my husband. So he is an age group coach. So he works at night and so now we never have to spend money on babysitters unless it's a rare occasion, but he gets to see them all the time too. So it's a, it's a hard life, I guess, like the coaching career, but it's so rewarding at the same time. Like I'm so competitive. It's, it just drives me, but I feel like it's also semi-flexible. So I, I have a good family life too. That's awesome. Um, you know, I guess, when you look at it, um, I guess, do any, do any of your kids play any sports yet? Um, they're definitely water kids. We've had them in swimming lessons. They know how to swim. My older one, Teddy, asked me to teach him how to dive off the three meter the other day. <laughs> oh, here we go. So 
he didn't love it. He went too short, but um, <laughs> he's more interested in diving. I think my younger one, Gus, he's more scrappy and he'll probably end up being more of a water polo player, but we'll see. Jerks out. Mom and dad have to be excited about that. At least you have two water babies that like being in the water. Yeah. My husband would really love for them to be on his team. And I have no preference. Like I'm probably more cautious with them about diving. Cause I know how easy it is for a little kid to get scared, scared away. So I like last summer, Teddy asked me to dive off the three meter and I was like, no way, not yet. <laughs> Just Too a little. daredevil. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. you know, I guess, uh, when you, when you got in, into coaching, did any of your, I guess like it's kind of a two-part question, you know, what's, what's your coaching philosophy? How do you look at what your overarching view or mission is as a coach? And did that change when you transitioned to college? I know that's like a big one. Hmm. <laughs> that is a big one. Um, my philosophy on coaching. I just want, I want everyone to be happy and feel welcome and like have a good experience. That's like the key. I want to have a great relationship with everyone. Like I want to get to know every one of my divers on a personal basis. Like, I think that's so important for getting more out of your athlete is to know who they are. Um, I don't think that's changed necessarily since I got to college. If anything, I think it helps me more because I don't know. I just, I hear other horror stories from peers of my divers that don't have great experiences or don't respect their coach. And I'm like, I hope that's never me, <laughs> but, um, I, yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was great. I mean, how do you, how do you go about building those relationships with your college kids? Just like daily chit chat on the pool deck, you know, like I even recruiting, like I want to know what they do for fun outside of the pool. I don't care necessarily what their skill level is. I want to know them as people and are they going to fit in well with the team? And then once they're on the team, that bond that everyone has, because they're all like nice, good, happy, positive people cheering for each other. When they're all on the pool deck together, practicing, they're going to work harder for each other. And for me, because they respect me enough and they know that I have their best interests and I want them to be the best people that they can, not just the best divers, but like you want to have an internship this summer? Great. You want to go study abroad? Perfect. As long as it like do it in the summer, but <laughs> take advantage of all those things that life has to offer. Diving will end someday. So yeah. So they know that I love them as people and yeah, I think that helps a lot. Awesome. Hey, Lindsay, take us, take us to like a, like a meat setting. I want maybe like two different examples. So let's say you got a dual meet in the middle of the year. Uh, what's the mentality difference between a meet and then practice and then expand on that for like a championship meet? You know, what, what are you telling your divers? How are you getting them to stay calm? That kind of thing. Um, honestly, that's probably something I could work on. I've only had like one real college season and I, know that I need to spend more time on the mental practice. Um, I at meets am like even keel, like you do not see emotion from me. I am the calmest, quietest person. I, I don't care if you to dive. There's always another dive. There's always another meet. There's always more to come. So like I don't dwell. And I think that gives my athletes 
the permission not to also, and to just like leave it behind. Um, at, I get a little more excited at championship meets, but I try not to show it. Um, but yeah, I, I do think I need to spend a little bit more time, like Saturday morning practices, have some more mock meets and throw random stuff at them and kind of trick their brains a little bit more into feeling the pressure more so that they're more used to it. So that yeah, is a- but, but still, I like that you kind of a lead by example type of person and, and, you know, thinking back to diving, if, if I had a coach that was that way, it made me feel good. So I think that, I think you're on, on track there. Like that, again, he'd said, Hey, I'd die for you. I kind of coming back to that same thing where, <laughs> you know, I, it's cool to have somebody just, all right. Yep. Next one, next one. Here we go. Thank you. I mean, my coaches were like that too. They were all positive and supportive. And so, I mean, I learned from them. So try to pass that down too. Yeah. It's, it's neat hearing you talk just about having that relationship and and something you said really kind of struck a chord with me when you talked about when you're in the recruiting process, getting to know them as people and making sure they're going to fit with the team. Um, You know, I know Aaron's team dynamic when he was in college, I know mine, and we, they were very similar. And it's very interesting how, you know, one person can make all the difference in the world with a group of people. And it's, you know, we had so many good close teams and it's like, you had that one person. And, and I think you're onto something like you have to take time to get to know them. Cause I, I feel confident that if they make it through the process to even get a phone call from you, you know, they're a good diver. Yeah. You know, yeah. no offense. Like, you weren't wasting a phone call on me and Aaron back in the day, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but, um, you know, and I think that it's, it, it's neat to hear that. Cause I know that I, I say it all the time. Um, I was fortunate that I, I did go to a division one school at first transferred to Clarion, a division two school. And I became the best diver I could because I had a relationship with my coach. Like by the end of my career, we we've mentioned it a few times. Like I would run through a wall for that man. If he said, that's what was going to help me be a better diver. Yeah. And, and that relationship. And I know Rooney had a really close relationship with his coaches as well. And, and I think that you'll see tons of successes when you continue that. So that's exciting to hear. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's like, it goes both ways. Like I, I want them to trust me in what I'm saying and I want them to bring it to practice too. Like I want them to be honest with me about what's going on in their life. That's the only way that things are going to move forward and happen and that, yeah, I, it, it's uh, it's funny, you know, you mentioned like bringing it at practice and I don't know if Rooney's even ever heard me say this. So um, I went on like a little recruiting tour down in Florida a couple years back with our assistant swimming coach at the time. And uh, we met with Brian Galuli at Florida and, and oh my goodness, like everybody should go meet him because he literally showed us around all of the university of Florida. You know, I love college athletics. They took us on the football field and that was awesome for me. But something he said has always stuck with me. And I tell my team this and they always get taken aback at first. And I go, you know, the Florida coach told me I I have favorites and my favorites are whoever works really, really hard at practice that day. Like some days it's the most talented kid on the team. Some days it's somebody else. It's like, all I want is work ethic and someone to work hard because when everybody's working hard, it's just super contagious because then it just encourages you to want to work hard. Yeah. And it's true when someone, when a diver is excited about something that makes me excited as a coach yeah. too. And like you, the ball just rolls. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Um, you know, you uh, spoke let's say, wait, I just want to get your, uh, your takeaway. Did you watch Olympic trials, Lindsay? Most of it. 
Okay. Well, did you have any big takeaways? Did you have any, wow, did you have any, oh man, that was not how I thought it was going to go? I mean, yeah, there were so many exciting moments I felt like, right? Yes. Like the women's three meter, the men's three meter, the women's platform, like it was to the last dive so many times and like people that you wouldn't expect. It was like riveting to watch. It was really fun. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like I'm far enough out of diving myself now, like just as a coach perspective, not as an athlete perspective that I probably had more fun watching. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I was like a cheerleader for all at this. Point. Yeah. You got I, to be a fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, Hey, that's what we're here for. That's why we started like this is we just, we just love diving and we just want to be a fan of it. And yeah, I, I kind of had the same thing at trials. It was, it was a fun week. It was. Yeah. Yes. Very exciting. Um, kind of to circle back, you know, you said you're going to try to do more with your kids on like the weekends, but what do you do or what does your team do in terms of mental preparation for meets? Do you have any things that you go over with the kids or, or what does that look like the mental preparations for your big meets as you get closer? I mean, like I said, I definitely want to be doing more because that was like the other big thing when I was in college, Jeff Huber, he's a PhD of psychology. So he was so into the mental prep and it really, I mean, helped me a lot. So I'm, that's my goal for this coming season is to really hit that harder. But I mean, I'm big on the goal setting. I sit down with my athletes at the beginning of every season and kind of like check in throughout just to make sure we're all on the same page. And here's where I think you could be. And if they're not up to par, like, why not? Why don't you think you should? So it's like confidence building there, working on that. Um, and then mental prep, we do a little bit of mock meets here and there need to be doing more. And then just like, I, my athletes think it's funny at this point, but like, I'm, I'm my key phrase is like, okay, one more. Okay. One more. Okay. Just one more. I promise one more. So I like just the repetitions at practice when you're tired and like, you're so close to hitting it, like just do one more. Let's end on a good one. One more. Um, you'll get it this time. One more. Um, I think the repetitions build the confidence. I think when you know at practice, you can do it seven out of eight times, you're going to go into a meet way more confident and have a better time instead of being afraid of that one dive that you've been avoiding for the past two months. So. Oh, that, that's, that's awesome. You know, Rooney was kind of there for this. So um, it's funny you say that, like, do one more, do one more, do one more, because we were at a, we were at a national meet. It was in Texas, Rooney. The first time I met Rooney, actually for the very first time. And uh, I didn't make one meter finals. I was not a very good one meter diver. And uh, we're in the war and I, everybody's warming up. All the men are warming up one meter. And I'm like, Hey coach, can I go practice three meter? I might as well not waste this time. It's like, sure. He's like, but I'm coaching you. Like, it's not go warm up. And I'm like, okay. And I hated reverse two and a half. I hated it. Like I just couldn't spot it for whatever reason. And all of a sudden I get to it and it, I thought it was okay. I do three of them. He goes, do one more. I'm like, okay, do another one, do another one. I get through like 14, 15 reverse two and a half. And I'm like, and he yells at me. He's like, if you're going to do it like that, get out of the water. I went to the locker room and I'm like, man, I could have swore they were all really good. And he looks at and my teammates there. He goes, they were amazing. He goes, he definitely just said that to you to mess with everybody standing beside him. Cause some of our competitors were there and 
they he goes they all looked at him they're like wait he can do it better than that and it's like no i couldn't do it better than that that was my worst dive but i say that to my athletes all the time i go do one more and they're like you said one more three more three ago and i'm like yeah just do one more and they're like can i move on it's like no one more like it's okay like keep going And, and it's funny hearing you say that like when you're that tired and like if you can do it well when you're that tired imagine how well you're going to do it when you're feeling good yeah and that's or, awesome yeah and like the opposite if you're so tired and you can do that and then you're in the meet and it's been a, such a long meet you're tired or you yep. like you have nerves like you have to learn how to do them when you're not perfect right yep and that's yeah. funny too because gainers are my favorite thing to coach because everyone hates them so like yeah. we do those the most yeah yep. i'm with you on that yeah I'll, That's awesome. I'll come into Saturday morning practice and I'll be like, okay, everyone sit in a circle, name your worst dive last meet. And they'll all say it. And I'll be like, okay, we're doing 10 of those today. And they're all like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so, That's so you need though. Yeah. So, you know, you said we need to do more mock meets. So I guess what are you doing? Cause obviously if you're going to take more time to do mock meets, what will you do less of then? I guess would be my question. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the trade-off. You do less yep. of the repetitive stuff, which I, I don't know. It's, they're both beneficial, but the mock meets help because you have to learn how to do one good one and then one good one of the next one. Yeah. And we do a lot of just like list orders. So like do a full yeah. list, do that 10 more times or what, not that many, but, but yeah. And, and then we do like list order, take five minutes in between each one. So it's not always just a mock meet. It's just kind of like learning how to do a good one the first time. Sure. Um, so I'm going to say anyway to this, uh, we ask everybody a signature question and my signature question for everybody is what is your favorite failure? And that can be either you personally for diving or coaching or anything, just something that either helped you learn or just really embarrassing. <laughs> mm. So I hate the term failure. Like, okay. I, I, feel like I'm super positive and failure is just like so negative and like pulls me down. I think anything that doesn't work out for you is just like a learning lesson. Like if you learn from it and you move on, you don't like, Oh, I failed. No, you don't, you didn't fail. <laughs> what can you do better? And now, now you're a better person or you're, you did a better dive. Good job. Cause you didn't do great on that one, but you learned. Um, yeah, but- I like that. Yeah. If I had to pick something, let's see. I was thinking about this because this is not an easy question. I'm like, like my, my bad, bad meets in air quotes. I don't remember them. Like my, my vision of myself was probably, is probably way higher than I actually was. (laughs) Like, like I remember the good things and I forget the bad things. And I honestly, that's probably why I had confidence and ended up being a good competitor because I forgot that I wasn't so good. But so when I was learning back two and a half on 10 meter, my first one I was hyped up. Like my coach had Jason had no idea that I was going to spin so fast. And I went over I belly flop oh. Oh. and he pulled me aside and he was like, let's fix that. Like we have to try it again. And I, it was like the hardest thing for me to do ever, but I went back up and I had to do it again. And I just think that's such an important thing also. Like if you mess up, 
you should learn from it right then. If you're scared of something because you may be smacked, you should fix the problem right there so that you don't dwell on it and it just spirals. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And Heath, I, I might have to reword my question now. Uh, Lindsay, <laughs> we had an interview just before this with Chris Colwell. And he honestly, he said the same thing. He said, I really hate that word failure. <laughs> I just want to think about, you know, the positives and the learning and all that fun stuff. So I might, I might have to reword that. And that's just fine with me. I'm a one of those hyper positive people as well. And, you know, you either, you either win or you learn, you know, there's no, there's no failure. There's no losing that type of thing. I I'm a big proponent proponent of that. So we'll have to adjust. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we have, we have two more like of our signature questions you could say is, uh, so what's your favorite drill to do with your kids, whether it's dry land, water, whatever you think, like what's your favorite drill go to. Hmm. I mean, just the standing lineup dives, like progressions of lineups. I think the, again, the lineups, I think they're so important and they're not focused on enough probably, but when you're doing the standing, like just standing front dive pike or standing reverse dive tuck, standing reverse one and a half tuck, like you're getting the start drill kind of and the entry drill. So I, I, those are my go-tos. That's awesome. Awesome. So, and then my favorite question that we've been asking is uh, best advice you have either given and or received. So I think, I mean, I've probably heard this a million times throughout my life and probably everyone has also, but it really resonated for me when I had kids because at the time I was coaching club. So I was dealing with other people's kids. And when I would talk with the parents and they'd be like, Oh, your baby's so cute. Like they would go into parenthood. That was a big topic. When I first became one, the biggest advice everyone said, or the biggest comments were it goes so fast. The days are long, but the years are so quick, like be in the moment. Cause it goes by like that. So my life now, like I always catch myself and remind myself just like be present like absorb everything like and and that goes for like my life with my family as well as my job and the athletes like I want I want to be present and like be with who I'm with at that time and not worry about what's going on or what's coming next or what's in the past and like I think that's such a good lesson for everybody like especially athletes at practice like be present what did your coach just tell you to do implement it like do every dive at that time if that makes sense like they're mentally and that's how you're going to learn and absorb and get better but yeah for life in general just like be in the moment yeah i think that's awesome you know um matt o'neill actually i mean rival school over there harvard but uh (laughs) He, he had a good piece too, uh, Aaron, if you remember, he said he was in a class one day and a professor's like, what do you get to do? And he goes, what do you have to do later, Matthew or Matt? And he goes, oh, I have to go to practice. And he's like, no, 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 you get to go to practice. And, and he said that to us. And like every day I go coach now, I'm like, I get to coach today. And it's really helped me just be so much more focused. And I'm like, all right, like I get to coach these eight to 16 kids today. Like I got to be at my best every second that I possibly can. And I've noticed that it, it's like helped me be more motivated. It's helped me to like, just appreciate like when those little victories happen. And yeah. I, I, I feel like it's so hard sometimes. Cause it, like they said, like you said, the days are long, but yeah. they're worth it. They're, they're definitely yeah. worth it. 
And it's funny, like that change of one word, like I have to, or I get to goes from being so negative to so positive. And like your mind, like your feeling, it's just like, is an automatic flip. Like, Oh, I have to, I have to do this. Oh, Oh yeah. I get to do this. It is. It's, it's definitely different. It changes your brain. And anytime you can trick yourself, you fake it till you make it right. I mean, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. And you know, if, if you have to tell yourself that you're happy you know, at some point, maybe it's going to be real. Yeah, that, that absolutely works. Like mindset is a choice. If you have a bad mood for some, whatever reason, like you literally can choose to be happier. You just have to think about it for a second. Like, wait, is this the end of the world? No. That's awesome. No. So I think, um, you know, Aaron and I were talking about it and I was, I was driving to a baptism yesterday and we were listening, reviewing all the podcasts, things that I can do better with my fiance. And she goes, you haven't had a woman on yet. And I was like, we get to interview one tomorrow. So you actually are our first female coach that we've had on, um, you know, and like, I guess, how do we get more females involved in the coaching profession? Like, I feel like it, it is a fairly male dominated profession at this point, especially at the collegiate level. How do we get more females involved? I don't know. I mean, it is like a bad time for moms, like not a bad time, but like timing wise, like I have mom guilt all the time and, but I get to be with my kids so much. So like the, the people that were club coaches and don't see their kids, but are coaching other people's kids all the time. Like I, they're incredible. I have no idea how they do it. Um, I don't know. I wish more women would because they're just as good as men. They know just as much, but yeah, it's, I I would argue uh, more. And I think my girlfriend (laughs) would argue that as well. (laughs) Probably. I mean, like I, as a woman, I feel like I get more out of my athletes, to be honest, because I'm not like some hard man. That's like, just going to yell at you and not care what you do. Not that anybody's like that, but (laughs) I like, I'm a little bit more maternal and they're probably less scared to come talk to me about things. Like I, it's easy. I don't know. I, I I get a laugh. I think women in general are a little bit better at communicating as well. And so that's, that's kind of where I come from and wanting to see more female coaches I was blessed high school. I had a female coach college. My first two years, they were both a a wonderful female coach. And then my last two years of college were another female coach. So I have been coached by nothing but amazing women. And that to me worked just because the communication was so spot on. And it was, Hey, I know you're feeling like this. I've, I felt like that. Let's try to flip it and go mentally this way. And it just, it always seems to resonate for me. So. it's so funny how you say like that those impressions because um it's like my fiance is a diver as well and uh that's like what we do together right now is we coach our lessons together and um and it's so much fun and I, i say this all the time like sarah is way tougher than i am like no doubt like we're sitting there and someone goes under the water and she's like you did this wrong this wrong this wrong this wrong they come up and she goes like that was really good let's work on this and i'm like what I'm like, you just like picked that dive apart, looked at him, said, good job, fix this. She goes, well, yeah, if I tell them that, they're going to think I'm meaner than you. 
And it's like, I show up to practice and like, I have a beard, I have a bunch of tattoos and I'm helping out with some clubs this summer. And they're like, you showed up and we thought you were going to just be the meanest person in the world. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm so (laughs) nice to everybody. And, but it's so funny. Like even today, like we're working with a young female athlete, getting ready for the zone meet and, and Sarah's there helping her. And Sarah gave her the same correction. I've given her a million times over the last week and she fixes it. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, I said the same thing. She goes, she's nicer. And I'm like, she's way meaner. Like, no, she's not. But I just, it's really fun as a male to see that dynamic and how it changes. Like we sit right beside each other. Like we talk to each other. We pretty much verify like what we're seeing. And, and it's so neat to see. And I, I just, I think you're right. I think we need more women involved in coaching because you never know, like, look at Rooney coached by all women, his entire athletic career as a diver. I was coached by all, actually, that's not true. Scariest diving coach I ever had in my life, Doe Krug. I love her to death. Uh, that, you know, she, what, 100 pounds maybe with a, with a weight vest on. She would just, oh, she would just give me this look. And mm-hmm. I was like, she's going to kill me. And, and I definitely was the jokester and screwed around. But that was the scariest coach I ever had. And she was amazing. But, and it, and it just so neat. And then you always had Julian in the background, joking around, cracking jokes and, She'd turn around and be like, shut up, Julian. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that look. I'm <laughs> trying to develop it so I can get a little better with that. But yeah, it's funny. So like before I was a college coach, I was coaching at the Marlins in Greenwich, Connecticut and my co-coach Dylan Korn. Um, so we coached together for like nine years and exact same thing would happen all the time. And like, I was definitely meaner. 100 percent like <laughs> i like i it was no biz no no playtime um but and he like put so much effort into being the nicer one and like softer but so many times he would get in trouble because like parents would come up to us talk to me not him and explain to me that like not that he's mean but like he's a man like it's the scary voice that my 12 year old girl she's terrified like and it, nothing wrong like nothing wrong with men it's just like little kids and scary mean voices whether it's real or not it's but it was funny yeah he struggles it's with de- that it's definitely <laughs> real it's definitely real so Heath did you have anything else for yeah I guess um you know you said you're so this will be your upcoming your third year yeah what are you looking forward to most? You know, COVID year, the Ivies didn't compete. What are you looking forward to most in your third year? So really your second year in I know. coaching. I feel like I, I'm just excited to get back to competition. I'm so competitive. And like I ended Ivies, men's Ivies with the double winner, Christian Duvall, and then he qualified for NCAAs. So like, I feel like I have to at least match that or do even better. <laughs> so like, I've definitely got my work cut out for me. My, my team that year was only 11 divers and this coming fall, it's going to be 16. So I, it's going to be so exciting and fun, but like really time consuming, but like, I'm really looking forward to it, but yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Best of luck. Yeah. Thank you. My goal is to be the best lineups in the Ivy league and yeah, to have an NCAA qualifier, both gender. Nice. Well, if you keep awesome. working the lineups, I mean, you're probably going to get there. So nice to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Putting my goals out into the, into the world. 
there you go. You put positive out, you get it back. That's yeah. that's how it goes. So, well, thank you very much for coming on, Lindsay. It was a it was a genuine pleasure. Um, if anybody yeah. else is out there listening, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. We are the Diving Pod, and then our our email address is the Diving Pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions for Lindsay, we'll, we can shoot them over to her in an email. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get those answered for anybody. But like I said, thanks again for coming on. That was that was awesome. I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. This was fun. Thank you guys. No problem. All right.